Welcome to today's family experience, helping families pull together in a world that is pulling families apart. My name is Chuck Higley. I'm your host, and I lead the team here at Project Pant. Happy New Year to you. Um, it's strange to think that it's already 2017. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that I, I forget the date all the time. And just a couple weeks ago, I actually signed a check for 2015. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to struggle this year. Hey, my guest today is Tina Griffin. Um, she's a speaker, blogger, mom. I'm one of those people that once you meet her, you won't forget her. She's um, chases life with a lot of passion. She's one of those people with a lot of determination, a lot of grit, and I think you'll really enjoy um, getting to know her. And, and I'll introduce her as part of the interview, and so you'll get all the information there. You know, one of the things about today's episode, as you go through, you'll know that, that we're talking about media. And if you've been to any of the seminars that I lead and any of the talks I, I do, um, I tend to be hesitant about bashing Hollywood and some of those sorts of things, mostly because I, I remember as a kid um, hearing all sorts of seminars and, and people coming into our school. And, and um, at that point, it was VHS. <laughs> I'm dating myself, but VHS tapes with all the danger and back masking and some of these things. And you know, it actually um, hardened my heart rather than softening it. Um, it's one of those things that, that didn't help me a whole lot, and a lot of my friends, I don't think, were really helped by it. Um, but yet, there really is a threat with, with media. There's a lot of things going on. And so when I met Tina and started getting to know her, I, I discovered some really neat things about her is that she has clarity. Um, she's been in there. She understands behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, more than just clarity, she has clarity not just of the problem, but clarity of, of the solution. Um, she understands how to talk to teens, how to connect with teens in a way that's just um, really, really neat to watch. And more than that, she has an ability to connect with parents and help parents and teens connect. You know, this is a time in which parents and kids have to be able to talk about, about difficult things. Um, kids have media and marketing coming at them with their full blasters on, and, and so it's one of those times that they need a steady base of adults that are capable of listening, um, capable of, of talking through difficult things, asking questions, holding the silence, all those sorts of key things. And, and Tina is one of those people that um, really encourages it, facilitates it, and, and has an experience with that. Um, so I think you're going to enjoy the time um, together with you, a, a real strong voice of truth and passion, and just a fun person to talk to. So I hope you enjoy this interview. <laughs> My guest today is Tina Griffin. She's one of those people that's a little bit of a challenge to introduce. Um, the more you get to know her, the harder it gets because she's one of those people with so many different facets, so many different stories, um, so many different life experiences. You know, a couple things that just I want you to, to keep in mind as we have this conversation as you listen today is that she loves Jesus. She's a mom to four young kids. Um, she homeschools those kids, and so <laughs> if you think about um, challenges in life, that's another one. She's a wife. She's passionate about educating teens. Um, she is a ball of energy. Um, she's a former actress. I guess you still do some acting. Um, she's on, been on the scene of, of Hollywood um, doing all sorts of stuff, and today she's really in that passionate about exposing the lies of today's entertainment, you know, and, and not just exposing the lies, but helping teens connect with truth and meaning. I'm helping point him the, in the right direction. She travels the country. I'm speaking for youth um, in all sorts of different things, including um, lots of, lots of um, festivals and, and schools and, and different Christian events. 
And so she's a popular speaker there. Um, Tina and I got acquainted at the SCORE and launch conferences, um, which were really frustrating to both of us because we're there with lots of interesting people and just kind of kept crossing paths saying, we need to talk, we need to talk. And what's even worse is that that conference was, well, it's been over a year ago, hasn't it, Tina? You don't want to know. It's the, you know what? I don't even know if you need me as a guest. You did excellent right there, just sum up, summing up what I do. So good job. Um, <laughs> we, we met, I think, two years ago now. Oh, wow. Well, it's about time it that we have a, uh, have a conversation together. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah, we kept getting each other like high five in the hallway saying, okay, next five minutes I'll meet you there. And then one of us got hung up. So thank you for being patient with me here. Oh, no problem. Excited to have you have you on the line today. Now, you know, your story is is a great story. And you tell that I don't want to take all the thunder out of it because people will, will get it through some of your videos and, and online. But you're a Midwest girl that somehow ended up in Hollywood. How and why did that happen? Well, I... Honestly, I grew up on a farm as a farm kid in Pulaski, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, which is like just west of Green Bay. And you know, I did the milk and cows, bale and hay, picking rocks, all that kind of stuff. Just small town mentality. I'll just say it like it is. My parents met at a wedding. They were actually third cousins. I was glad they weren't second cousins or closer. But um, <laughs> that is the kind of small town I grew up in, and I just loved life. I wanted to see everything, go everywhere, do everything. You only got one life to live. It's make it count. Just had that mentality in my head as a young kid. Went to Bible camp as um, a middle school student. And one year I saw Bob Lenz speak at Spirit Lake Bible Camp. I can't even believe that. I remember that name because that was a long time ago. And I saw him speaking and I'm like, wow, I would love to help other people someday. I want to do that. And I kind of had it buried in the back of my head because I didn't have a clue. You know, I went to the barn every day and, and school every day and that was my life. And no one else that I knew was a speaker and didn't do the stage thing. But through life, I became a Christian at 16, basically walking up to the altar in church and the pastor just said, whoever wants to accept the Lord come on up and, and just make us all know so we can be praying for you and, and help encourage you. So I went, my heart was beating out of my chest. And as I was heading back to the chair, I, I literally had a conversation with God where he was telling me, you are not going to live the complacent Christian lifestyle. And I was guaranteeing God, if I'm going to give my life to you, Lord, and let you use me, I am willing to die for the cause of what you've got for me. And I'll, I'll tell you, Chuck, within the first week or two, some wild stuff started happening and I knew God had a huge calling for me, and he helped me realize that my main mission in life was to equip young people, and now parents, since I'm a parent myself, to live fully for God every single day, to just be obedient to what he's called you to do, no matter how crazy other people think you might are, you might be for doing what you're doing. Um, because in the end, all that matters is that you lived your life fully for the Lord, doing exactly what he called you to do. And it's, it's seriously, I just, I am so close with the Lord. I love him dearly. I, I love Jesus. And I'm just passionate about our world, the lost, and people in our country today that are, really are in the wrong leadership positions that are destroying it in entertainment, politics, all over the place. And we as believers, I just feel like cannot be complacent, need to be out there, be bold. And, and when I was 20, I was going to... School in the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, and I filled out an application. God's like, here's your next step, and it was to take me to Cal State Los Angeles, and 
that's where I, my life at 20 years old started, and God used me to, uh, on that wild journey of L.A. for a decade, to learn what I learned that I now share on, blog on, speak on, and write about. So what I, what I love about your story is that you were at that point 16 years old, and 16 years is an awkward age. I mean, I, I look back, it's been years for me, but I, I'm working with 16-year-olds all the time. It's an awkward age in which they're so um, concerned about what do my friends think? You know, am I doing the right thing? What if people only knew how insecure I was? Or, you know, I mean, teens struggle with, with identity. They're struggling with who they are. And at that point, you accepted Christ. And here's the thing that I think parents, you know, listening in, you had a boldness about it. You know, a boldness. I did. Of, yeah. I, Tell me more I about that. I don't know. Um, I, I, I look back and think on that. I don't know where that came from besides just God. Like I started reading scripture nonstop and I just took it seriously and I really wanted to do what God was telling me to do. But it can also go to the detriment of if I messed up, I have a guilt and shame and constantly thinking back and wondering what if. And I was even reading a Bible study today by Priscilla Schreier through our church Bible study. Got up at 5.30, couldn't sleep. My, I'm, my mind is always going and It literally talks about that, to not be ridden with guilt and shame. That's from the enemy. That's not God speaking to you. If he's going to uh, point something out that you need to fix or work on, that it's uh, conviction so you can get rid of the sin, make it known, uh, you know, uh, apologize for it and move forward. And so as a kid being bold at 16, I just knew that God, he just led me. When I would read scripture, it would bounce off the pages for me. I was just absorbing it nonstop. And so within weeks after I started a youth alive group at our high school it, i was a junior in the high school they never had a group like that they had drama they had art clubs they had football cheerleading i tried the baton twirling thing and i lasted a week i'm like i've got to do something else to help to help my friends you know they were suicidal one girl hung herself that was in the class i had to meet five girls died in a car accident in such a small town of 2,000 people i mean i saw a lot of disaster chaotic things happen when i was just in middle school and so by the time I was 16, I was ready to rock and roll with helping my friends see that God's the answer and that you can be freed from the junk from your past. And so when I read scripture, it just became alive to me. And I started teaming up with other Christian friends of mine at high school and and just having a blast at it. I, because growing up, it's, I think it took me years to become a Christian because I constantly connected if you're a christian you no longer can have fun you can't go anywhere you can't do anything people are going to think you're nuts they won't want to be your friend and so i had that pressure but then once i became a christian i'm like you've got to be kidding me people are missing out they don't understand what they can be doing for the lord it's such an exciting life you're free from guilt and shame you're um god blesses you and opens doors that could never happen like the impossible becomes possible because god's doing it not yourself and when i got that as a kid literally my parents they were low down you don't have to move to LA I please get married here in town what are you doing are you crazy they could not keep up with me and they thought I was crazy I, I mean not in a bad way they just they're like where did what happened to you in a good way but they just couldn't relate and now they're on fire for the Lord but yeah they had to try to rein me in you know when I was a teenager after that all happened yeah so 20 years old what you went to Cal State. What what were you expecting, or what were you hoping would happen when you when you left for California? Honestly, I, I watched um, Julia Roberts 
get an award one year. I forgot what Pretty Woman it might have been for. I just saw her in a couple films. She was the one I really liked back then, uh, Reese Witherspoon. And I'm like, I want to be the coolest, hippest, on fire for the Lord actress ever to be a platform God can use in the industry to reach the masses with his truth. And so, and, and I loved acting. I, I didn't grow up an actress, but when I was 19, 20, I just, I wanted to do the Miss America pageant. I got this postcard in the mail when I was in the farm one day showing my dad he was mucking college. He goes, are you crazy? You never wear heels. What's going on? And so I'm like, I know I have to wear heels and wear one piece bathing suit. That's the bad part. The good part is you get to have a platform. You get to talk about your mission. I go, I want to help as many people as possible. And so moving to LA, I was hoping to become a huge actress that people would know for the name recognition so that I could actually have the platform to speak to millions of teens about the truth that Christ brings and about freedom he brings from the addictions that I saw my friends struggling with. So in a sense, as you, just in that teen world, you recognize that in little, little town America and probably all the little towns, I mean, wherever you grow up, that your friends and and probably to even even a degree you were really influenced by these people you had never met people that you'd only seen on the screen and oh major yeah so you recognize that hey that that could be a cool way to really reach out to lots of lots of people yeah it was it just all kind of came together i mean i remember watching 90210 and Melrose place thinking oh wow you know these actresses look so beautiful waking up in the morning but then i started thinking wait a second they're in bed with another guy they they're not married to and this girl is pregnant does she realize what can happen i have friends that are pregnant and going through hard times right now but the tv is showing us that it's hip and cool and one more kid to put in the carriage and and then i remember jason Priestley got drunk um when I was like 15, 16, I remember reading this Teen Bopper magazine on my bed one night. He got plastered, drove his car into a tree and survived. And I'm like, ah. you know, these celebrities have tons of money, tons of fame. They're in these shows. Everybody talks about, all. I love 90210, the cast. And here he is, you know, the alcohol even hits celebrities. And I'm like, man, he needs to know Jesus. I mean, I was nuts. So, I mean, in a, in a good way, but that's just where my brain always went. So, I was thinking, how can I reach the celebrities? Well, I got to go to LA and I got to work on set. And literally more than anything I could have ever imagined those 10 years happened. I just never became another Julia Roberts, but God has, I really think protected me from a lot of stuff that I realized once moving to LA, but I got to meet so many celebrities in the process, talk to them about the Lord, work on set, do runway modeling more than I even knew existed in LA all to share about who Jesus is. And sometimes Chuck, I wish looking back, I could have been even more bold because I would be with a celeb for 10 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, I never talked to him about like where I go to church or, you know, the, the reason he's alive and the talent he got from God. And so I wish I was even more bold when I went to LA with the chances that I had with a celeb working with them. But I did learn a ton that I know God sent me out there for to do what I'm currently doing, which is sharing about how pop culture is, affecting our teens today the good and the bad there's great entertainment out there as well but to help teens be equipped with what are wise things to watch see do and what are things you want to steer clear from and here's why and, and i would have never had that knowledge had i not gone out there for those 10 years so really that discovery time that you're out there was the media is more powerful than you ever thought and this idea of of living fully that that in a sense, this media world that appears to be so alive 
in a lot of ways was was pretty vacant, pretty dead. It was dead, but yeah, and the wild thing for me is the clubs that I would meet, I would have conversations with many, and a lot of times the same theme. They make a ton of cash, but they protect their own kids in their own homes. They have private school tutors for their kids in their homes, house cleaners. Um, Madonna even had said over the last three decades, she used to shelter her kids. Anything that came in their house, whether it be TV shows, magazines, websites, movies, she would preview, make sure all that media is previewed before her kids absorb it, which I thought was awesome. Like, Madonna, you're an awesome mom. Oh, my gosh, everyone needs to do that. And then I'm like, wait a second. She's promoting the opposite message and then hiding her kid underneath the stage. Rocco was just on Ellen, and I showed this clip of my live show when I speak. Um, he said, oh, I never see my mom, you know, with the weird outfits, with all the skin, you know, showing. He goes, I'm underneath the stage. And, and the mom was, you know, Madonna's like, yep, he's underneath the stage. I don't want to see that stuff. And so when I started getting that info early 20s, I'm like, man, I, someone's got to talk about this stuff. They see what's going on in music videos. I'm working on a music video. But, man, if they knew these people sheltered their kids from their own entertainment, that that is huge. I, I need an undercover camera right now. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty that, that, that idea that there that your first perception was this is great parent your second perception was they're great to their kids but they're doing everything to harm other people's kids yeah and a lot of people would justify it. a lot of sluts would tell me it's just a job you know this is just acting um if oh and the other comment i would constantly get constantly get from celebs one woman once told me um i've heard over and over again though the parents are responsible for their own kids. This is my job. If they don't want their kids to watch it, they should turn it off. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I even talked to celebs in response to that. I said, parents can't be watching what their kids are into 24-7. Even on the bus ride home, I get 50 minutes of pop culture. Back then, the songs weren't as bad as today, but now it's graphic, violent sex, murderous lyrics. Um, you, I mean, it's just it's tons of swearing, and it just, it is equipping our teens to steal, kill, destroy, be selfish, low self-esteem, eating disorders, um, angry thoughts, depression, suicide, cutting. I mean, all of it is so depressing. And, and Satan notes full well if he can get a young kid addicted to pornography or something graphic and violent through TV or the movies. He's got them. He's mm -hmm. got them for life more, more, than, more than not. And so... I mean, there is a scripture, I, I got to find that scripture, where I my eyes are just like, boom, totally open one day. I'm going to find it here and, and mention it. But it talks about the ruler of the air, and that is Satan. And what is in the air? Airwaves, media, um, and, it, and it affects everybody worldwide. I, I did mission trips in Africa. The kids there are wearing shirts that had Eminem on it. So it, it floors me how, like you said, how powerful media is because majority of what the teens believe is reality comes from a movie instead of their parents. And that's why it's alarming to me because they believe what they see on the screens. And if they only knew being on set for one day, they can see the reality is more than likely completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. And that's a powerful thing that you said, because every generation, you know, believes my parents just don't understand, or my parents are just making such a big deal about it. And it seems like media is a really, um, it's a wedge, you know, in so many ways yeah. between kids and parents. Um, as you've been really working at, at helping teens, it's really 
you know, in a sense, you're not, it's easy to, to fire up parents and, and get us all saying, <laughs> you can't listen to that music nowadays, or all the music nowadays is bad, you know, and really kind of, did you notice my parent voice I was using, um, you know, with squinty, pointy fingers. Um, <laughs> but you remember that. I mean, even as, as, a, as a teen, it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm not that old, but, you know, you're talking Madonna. Madonna was, I mean, she's been around for so many years now. Um, yeah, you know, and so many different things that our parents don't approve of that we still listen to. But the end of the day, yeah. what you're really shooting for is how do you get teens to see behind that that falseness, that false image? A uh, couple ways that that God's been showing me and telling me what to do. I just started doing Facebook Live, and I got uh, more hits than I ever thought, more responses, and more views on the subject of bullying than I ever thought I would get. Um, and that, that was my first Facebook Live feed last week. And every week from here on out, I plan on doing Facebook Live videos, which connect to the blog that I write about to help give tips to teens and parents. But besides that, my live show is full of video footage that you don't see on MTV that don't make the news media because they don't want people to realize these celebs are coming out and sharing this information, this inside scoop. Mm -hmm. I give my personal stories of working on set. But the biggest thing is, when I was a kid, I would listen to Madonna and, and um, Janet Jackson and Paul Abdul. Those are like some of the top people. I love the beat of the music. You know, I give that whole thing. I like the beat. You know, I don't listen to the lyrics. And I listen to the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is one losing your virginity. This one over here is about dating five guys at once. And so my mom gave me a CD, Sandy Patty. And she's like, oh, the, you'll love the music. I'm like, mom, this is, my, this is opera. This is hip-hop. <laughs> um. So today, teens have a wide variety of bands that are awesome, life-giving lyrics. I have a whole list. Actually, if you sign up for my newsletter at counterculturemom.com, parents and teens can download a free music list for signing up with their um, names to get a, a lot of positive music. So there's a lot of wide variety of positive, positive music that people can get their hands on. On my website, like I said, put your, newsletter, your name in there. You get the newsletter, blog updates, and then you'll get that free music list. But um, even more so, the website that I have has a ton of videos that I put in a video gallery of celebrities saying they shelter their kids or here's what Hollywood's really like or celebrities laughing that they actually promote sex, drugs, and violence to our teens and that their kids are sheltered. There's so many awesome clips on the website that I had to put that footage out there. Um, and once teens see and hear me speak, I know it's not me. I know it's God. I know the message he's placed on my heart, but I'm telling you, Chuck, like the slides and the video clips and the, the, the proof and the quotes from these celebs. For, for example, here's just one. When teens hear this and see this, their jaws drop, and you can hear a pin drop in these school assemblies and when I do these Christian music festivals and, and do parent conferences because you can't deny the truth. These are coming straight from celebrities' lips. And uh, that's why I love sharing this information because it will make people will never look at entertainment the same way again when they're done seeing this. And, and a lot of this information is also available on my blog. But yeah. here's one example. This is Robert Pittman, founder and chairman of MTV. He's also the CEO of Clear Channel and creator of iHeartRadio. He's huge. He is a media mogul in, in Hollywood with what he decides what is seen and, um, and heard on our airwaves today, and he says this, we're dealing with a culture of teenage babies. They can watch TV, do their homework, listen to music, all at the same time. 
the strongest appeal you can make is emotional. If you can get their emotions going, make them forget their logic, you've got them. At MTV, we don't shoot for the 14-year-olds. We own them. Wow. I've shared that for the last couple of years because that that's how I start my whole show. I just I start by saying, especially if it's a Christian venue, I'll, I'll say this, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And as a ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, which completely ties in kingdom of the air is our, is our network. It, it is our media and our entertainment today. And then two, four, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, and by grace you've been saved. And then I go into, here are the lies. Here's Robert Pittman. Here's Ann Sweeney. I talk about the co-chair, former co-chair for Disney Media, president of the Disney ABC TV group. She goes, today, television is the most powerful medium in the world. And then I go into what is currently on TV today. How can we be wise in what we choose, what we watch? If we watch a certain show, I, I, I just have the kids yell out, like, what are they teaching? What are they teaching Modern Family? What are they teaching um, and Two and a Half Men? <clears throat> what are they teaching Criminal Minds? How are the shows changed over the years? And kids are yelling out, they see it. And then I tell them, okay, you're right on. That's what they teach. What happens in real life if you engage in premarital sex? What happens in real life if you drink and drive? Um, you know, and they, they, they finally put the connections together. I said, do you think it's fair when you see these shows, these celebrities make $300,000 an episode like Angus T. Jones does in Two and a Half Men, and now he left the show because he became a Christian and said, I can no longer live the, do the opposite of what I believe, which is awesome. That's a lot of pressure on that guy to get out of that contract. But do you think it's fair that they make all this money, live in a big honking mansion, send their kids to private school, live the lavish lifestyle, want the best for their kids, but then they promote the opposite message they believe in to you and don't show you the consequences of that. And they're like, no. Wow. Haven't thought about that before. Well, and then know, I and that's, that's so powerful. Can I take a little break there? Is that um, yeah. you know, from a teen brain development standpoint, um, emotions are, I mean, that, that limbic system, that center part of the brain is just firing up. You know the relationship part of their brain is just firing up. It's it's really a natural um, filter that everything's running through at that point of their life. You know, and and yeah. so you look at teens with. I mean, you mentioned bullying a little bit before. Anxiety plays a huge role. Um, they're still at that point of of really seeing themselves at the center of the of the world and their relationships and their emotions, and so they're in this really volatile spot. Um, and the, the hard thing about it is that their frontal lobe, that part that is logical, that sees things yep. through consequence, takes yep. so much more time to fire up. I mean, it's there, it works for them, but it's delayed, it's muffled. You know, yep. and so that's the that's the thing that, that part of what I'm I'm hearing you saying is that, you know, you can get a teen and this message of I own you, I am pushing the buttons to control you. That's, a, I mean, there's a logicalness to it that's true, but at the same time, no teen wants to be owned. You know, no teen wants to be to be a puppet. And that, so that is, there's, there's huge power in that message, both for, the, for, for various sides of the brains to cause action for a teen. Yep. Yep. They hate being lied to. And I told them, too, I said, hey, I was 16. I watched this award show with 50 Cent holding up his award saying, "We, I love my fans. It's, 
if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I remember sitting on my couch on the farm thinking 50 Cent, huge rapper, you know, back in our day. And get an award, you know, got all these gold chains, cross necklaces dangling around his neck and reaching out to the audience with this big award and high-fiving people. And I'm like, hang on a second. It, it, like, it was like, boom. It just totally blindsided me. If you love me, you would not promote a message that is about murder and sex and anger and depression. I, I, you don't love us as fans. And I completely got it at 16. And so it tells me that same story. I'm like, hey, we know we don't want to be lied to. You guys deserve the truth, and you deserve so much better than that. And so, of course, balancing that, I have a ton of positive shows that they can watch, music they can listen to, Shark Tank. I asked them how many here would love to make a ton of cash someday and be an entrepreneur. Okay, hands go up all over the audience. You know what happens right now? I, I can guarantee you, challenge you for a week, ditch any kind of negative, depressing music, TV shows, movies, all of it. Get rid of it. Just try this for a week. I guarantee you. But by the end of the week, if you fill your mind with shows like Shark Tank and get ideas for what you want to develop, I go, you can be 16 going on Shark Tank to get a couple million bucks to develop your product. And mm-hmm. they're like, good, you know, like you only have one life to live. Can you imagine what you can do with the brains you've got that Satan is trying to deceive you with and give you a pile of mush where you're not going to be effective in our world today? And that, I just... And I and I help them see that, and then they're on fire. I have kids running up to me afterwards. Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to write rap music. You need to do positive rap. Yes, you can. We need positive rappers. My kids love music. Yes, please write some positive rap. Do you think I can still go out in Hollywood and be an actress? I totally want to do positive films. Yes, you can. We have ten called pictures that's out there today. We've got all those amazing shows like Faith and the Giants, and even Despicable Me Two that like came in first place and and. Uh, won awards a couple of years ago that made tons. Or um, Sandra Bullock when she did, um, what was that one with the movie with uh, oh. the guy that brought into her home? Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, um, I know exactly. Fun side. <laughs> fun side. Yeah, I, I told you before we filmed this that I'd be like, um, um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but like all of these kids want to be used and they want to know that they have value and that their identity isn't the mistake that they did at a party last week or the race that happened to them when they were four. And like, that is not your identity. Satan wants to destroy your future. That is not you. Use that. Make a film about what happened to you and blog about what went on so you can help other people be freed. You'll heal at the same time. You can start a whole big ministry just by even the devastation that might have happened to you in your past. And kids are like, just swarming with ideas. And that's what gets me so fired up. I wish, honestly, Chuck, just talking to you out loud right now, like I told you, I have a whole board of ideas on my wall in my, in my office. I wish we could have a TV show where I introduce and interview teens that are doing something amazing mm-hmm. in our world today and other kids are inspired by it because they are fed garbage primarily from Hollywood when they deserve the biggest feast ever because God instilled with them in them amazing talent to go create change in our culture and if they can grasp that you won't be able to stop them you know there's a there's an interesting um when you look at at and i don't have the verse in front of me but it talks about there's a time coming in which um it describes the kids as as As, being prophets and the old men as dreaming dreams and if you catch that in the context of i think so many times we think of prophecy and we think of foretelling and really what I've discovered working with teens is that teens, they don't always choose to see it, but in their hearts, they can see things clearly. 
Um, let me give you an example. Oh. So a kid that um, parent is doing drugs and is in jail, for that teen, that teen totally gets that that parent would rather be high than be with me. Yep. You know, that is the, they, they distill it, they see, they see through the smoke of it. And um, yep. they won't always confront it. I mean, they'll, they'll hold that thought. <laughs> they're, they're not comfortable with the, with the conclusions, but they do see things with a prophetic eye. And really what, what I think one of the challenges of, of media is that that is what's under attack, is that kids can see it. You know, they know, you know, like what you're saying is that they know that there's a disconnect between what's words coming out of this person's mouth and what reality is, you know, between things that tear up and things that tear down. The problem is, is that they get knowledge and it separates from obedience or faithfulness. You know, it's creating these um, two-part characters in all of us. You know, so there's kids that, that say, oh, I'm, you know, this is just entertainment or this is just fun, you know, and they're separating reality from, from the truth. Th does that make sense? And, yeah, it totally does. And what you're really doing is calling a generation of kids to put it back together. You know, to be fully engaged in knowing that that our knowledge and our obedience, you know, our faithfulness, all of this can be integrated in this world at this time, and it's going to be powerful for us, and it's going to be a game changer for the world around us. That that is exactly it. They they want to know what can I do. I'm bored. Yeah. I'm bored. I need role models. You know, a lot of them are coming from broken homes. Um, and even if not, the parents are both working to make ends meet today. So if the, if the kids, if the young adults can realize they've got such amazing potential, even as a teenager, to make a huge difference, mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, the world will be a different place even five years from now. And um, and they're getting it. I, I, I just got done speaking for an Alex McFarland event. I love that guy to pieces. I used to follow and read it. I still do. I, I've been following him for 20 years. And mm -hmm. so when he called me a year ago to go speak at a, a couple things down in South Carolina this spring, I was like, what? Like, be Alex McFarland? This is awesome. And so I spoke at his university where he teaches there, North Greenville University, and it was packed. The whole, it was a voluntary chapel. I was praying for 15 people to show up. It was the nicest day in the spring that they had so far. They're like, let's just pray that some people come. It was packed. I was praising God. I spoke. The kids were on fire. Those teens were on fire. We had future filmmakers, people that were currently shooting films, future speakers, people that were going to be running the media, the newspapers, all the areas that have such a huge influence around the world. I was so on fire and so encouraged because they got what I was sharing with them. Yeah. They got it. They ran with it. And they even encouraged me and helped me build a stronger faith. And so... That is what keeps me going because there are young people that want that. They're looking for that. And um, I'm just, I just praise God every day for what I do, no matter, no matter the cost, because, you know, it's been a wide range of stop sharing this information. You don't have a right to do that. People aren't going to believe you. I have friends that even, not close friends, God has been telling me to just be wise with who I allow in my life and, speak, you know, speak to me, but... Moms are like, you're raising your kids. Stop going out and speaking today. You need to just sit home. Stop parading around your husband. I just got that email from a lady in town that's just jealous. It's more jealousy. And she, you know, people try, they don't understand. Like, instead of watching, she watches a lot of TV. Well, instead of watching TV, like you and I were talking about before this phone call, I choose to spend a couple hours a night by writing blogs, doing my Facebook Live videos. 
um, researching media today and helping people, answering emails for teens. I'd rather do that than watch movies that are not going to be edifying or help me get anywhere in life. And so teens want that, and that's the mission God gave me. And the cool thing is my kids, they will always come before my ministry that God gave me, but when I speak at a festival, like last summer I spoke at a festival in Wisconsin, and to see my seven-year-old kid sharing about Jesus and talking to other people at that festival at my merch table about the Lord, I'm like, I know I'm doing exactly what God's told me to do. My four kids are learning what it's like to serve the Lord on the road, and they're going to be that much more engaged and, and deeper relationship with the Lord than most kids today because we get to do it as a family. And I... I love that, and I want to encourage anyone listening to this, parents, it doesn't matter how old you are, grandparents, it is never too late for you to do the dream that God's been calling you to do over how many decades. You have nothing to lose. Um, You don't want to waste one more day not doing it, and you will find so much joy and peace and satisfaction and excitement and fireball, like you said earlier, because I feel the same thing about you, Chuck, because... When we're doing God's call us to do, there you want to live until you're 500 years old. Yeah. You know what? What you're saying is is so powerful because yeah, there's there's always criticism, there's always media. People throw up um, blocks so easy, um, and there's always the way that it's been done. You know, and and that's where where your line of of ministry, getting out there, sharing with people the truth, uh, helping the kids, really speaking to the kids in their world can be a real challenge because parents sometimes don't want to see it or sometimes here's the thing that that i've discovered is that um in the round of video games um there's times that i'm speaking uh, helping kids around the topic of of addictive video games and you discover their parents are addicted you know so it's it's this generational thing you're talking about a mom that's being very critical and and moms in the world of tv (laughs) and sometimes when you start training their kids and their kids are seeing truth and victory um, it can be something that the parents um, themselves, and I'm not, I'm not bashing parents that are listening here, but, but what I'm saying is that there's times that in this world that we're called to in youth ministry, it can be really hard because there's times that the kids are responding to, to a message that the parents have suppressed, you know, and, and have pushed away and are, are really desperately trying to, to keep at keep at hand or keep that, that judgment away. Yeah. I, yeah. There's a verse that, that I'd like to just kind of close with um, as we as we get get toward the end. It's found in 2 Timothy 1.7, and I wrote it down earlier today as I was preparing for this, and it really hit me. Um, you know, as you and I have been spending time together um, talking about teens, this was written okay, to a teen. So you ready for it? I, I'm, you, I'm going to have, I cannot even believe it. Is it the one about don't let someone tell you that you're too young? No, it's not that one. It's close, though. That one, I love it. Okay, shoot. Yes, I love it. You know, this ties in with that. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. You know, and just the power of that to think about with with the kids that you're reaching out to and and the parents that we have, you know, listening today. You know, fear, once we we realize that, that Hollywood doesn't have the answers you know, that it's, it's real people um, profiting sometimes off of some really negative things. But at the same time, what do we have? We have power. We have love. We have a sound mind, you know, and really employing yep. that for God's kingdom. Um, and, you know, what would you like to, to say to parents that are, are listening that, that would really encourage them, you know, to, to keep on um, with these, these conversations and, and moving their kids forward? Parents, I would just like to encourage you as 
literally sometimes I write a blog, God will give me the words to speak, and I'm like, I gotta read my own words. What does God want me to do? Um, <laughs> um, it's tough, but it is so well worth it. Like, a lot of people like to protect their assets, their investments, their cash in the bank. And I remember reading this article one time, and I'm, I'll never forget it. It was like when I was 20 years old, two decades ago. I said, someday when I have kids, I'm going to make sure of this. And that's the biggest investment you can make is to protect your kids, get to know your kids at a young age, to have conversations with your kids. And I am not perfect. I'm learning as I go, and I'm apologizing sometimes to my, you know, three-year-old. Mommy yelled at you. I shouldn't have done that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and train them. Because sometimes I get in the habit even of saying, no, you can't watch that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't go over there. And, then, and God's like, why not? Like, just train them to do it the proper way. They're, you have to help them learn how to be, get ready for the world, but do it in a way where they're learning why you shouldn't go a certain place. Or if you do, this is how you should do it properly. Um, and even when they get in an argument, like, I'm breaking up a fight, and I'm like, stop fighting. Well, God will tell me, okay explain to them why it's not important you know why it's mm-hmm. important not to fight and to get along with your brother and sister so parents just take the time I'm, I'm telling you even if you have less cash in the bank a smaller house you're living in and um something you have to sacrifice physically in order to have a closer deep relationship with the kids it's really really worth it and you can even if you mess up the first 20 years and now your kids are 20 22 year old you, it's never too late to start um Sharing with your kids, getting deep relationship with them, talking to them. And for the parents of younger kids, um, yes, you can. The What I want to tell you guys is do, okay, yes, you can. Go by Jacob. That's, they just came up here at the end. It, in a little bit, right after lunch, hang on, is to check out what your kids are currently watching and listening to. And this is a huge red flag. If there's anything they're watching or playing, a violent video game, um, TV show that has messages in it that aren't the best, depending on what behaviors they're they're promoting, talk to your kids and ask them why they are engaging in that entertainment. And many parents have told me in the past, Tina, that was the, the line that saved my kid's life. Um, for example, I was in Bozeman and I spoke out there one time, a couple times actually, but one year I got a call from a pastor three days after I came home, hang on, sweet pea. And he said, there was a mom that came over to our church. You spoke here to, uh, you did this high school, you did the middle school and you did a parent event. I just want to let you know, there's a kid alive today. And I'm like, what? He goes, yep. There, a mom came in and you heard your presentation and saw all of the graphic um, video games and the, and the music. And she said, my kid listens to that. Listen to that. You gotta be kidding me. Oh my gosh. And then I told the parents, I said, Go do some research, ask your kids why they listen to it, why they watch it. She did. After three hours, the kid just had a meltdown, pulled out a suicide note, said I was going to shoot myself tomorrow, but because of our conversation today, I I need some help. Wow. And that mom realized that that kid, just like there's hundreds of stories like that, Chuck, in the last 10 years of doing this, and parents listening, do the research of why, and ask your kids why they listen to certain shows, and chances are they listen and watch certain things that they can relate to, but do not give them answers to help them be relieved from the issues they're going through. Mm. And by having that open communication, by simply asking why do you watch a show, or why, why do you like that rapper, it turns into a conversation you probably never imagined, but could literally save a life. That's that's such a powerful powerful story and and I think that's where I think parents 
you know, what, what I want to say is that we've seen the same thing happen. And for parents that are out there, it's going to be the hardest thing po possibly to get, get that conversation started. Um, yep. but I'm, I'm, my, I know that our kids need it. That's, that's the reality is it might be hard, but, but our kids are facing some really hard things and they, they need us as parents to, to step forward. So you have a bunch of resources, um, ways that people can find out where you're speaking, uh, maybe even get you involved in their community and, and send some invitations, all that sort of stuff, blogs. Um, all the, your details are at counterculturemom.com. Is that you correct? You got it. Okay, so you got it. Counter we'll do show notes and all those things, counterculturemom.com. Yes, and they are welcome to, if they have a connection at a church, a music festival, youth group, school assembly, it doesn't matter. I've even spoken in prisons and on cruise ships before. So I've been all over the place, and I can gear the message to meet the needs of the audience. I, I love sharing and speaking. I love doing the live show. It's called Hollywood Exposed. And then there's a lot of, uh, like you said, blog entries on different topics on my website and helpful links on suicide prevention and and cutting information and even just positive TV shows and apps that parents could load on their phones for uh, to check out entertainment ahead of time. Is it something they want to watch or not? So a lot of good tips and tools right on the counterculturemom.com along with the video gallery, photo gallery, and, and booking information. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so, hey, you've got kids that are clamoring for snacks and, and lunch and all those things. <laughs> we really appreciate the time you've taken today. I know that, that um, you're, you're pulled all sorts of directions, but your heart is pulled in the direction of, of you know, that same place as a 16-year-old to help um, yourself and, and other kids live fully. And so it's been an awesome privilege talking with you, and I look forward to doing it again. You know what? I would love part two, part three, and, and who knows what God's got in store. I thank you for doing what you do because you help me have a platform to reach more people with this information as well, Chuck. And I, I greatly appreciate our, our friendship and the opportunity to be partnering with you on this today. Awesome. We'll talk soon then. You got it. Have a great week. Okay. Thanks, Gina. Wow, what did I tell you? A lot of energy, a lot of passion. I'm grateful for Tina for taking the time and conversation. Um, you'll want to go to our show notes at todaysfamilyexperience.com. Um, for this episode. Some of you might be a little confused. Project Patch is our ministry. Um, we run a, a program called The Family Experience, which is our family outreach. We also run our youth ranch, our boys and girls program. Um, but this blog is is really a, a chances blog and podcast. We brand it as Today's Family Experience. If you go to projectpatch.org, you just click on blog and you'll get there. Um, but also for people that are uh, maybe not less familiar with, with Project Patch, they can get there through thefamilyexperience.com. Um, look over that episode called Counterculture Mom, and you'll see all the links um, for today's show um, dealing with the interview. Hey, a couple items for some of you guys that live in the Portland area, Portland, Vancouver area, um, as well as the Northwest. We've got some great events coming up. January 20th, I mentioned it last time. We have um, both January 20th and 21st, I'll be at the Adventist Community Church in Vancouver. Friday evening, I'll be talking about Life Ready Kids at 7 p.m. And Saturday afternoon for um, several hours, I'll be working on, on Tech Safe Kids, really all that stuff about um, pornography, video games, social media, helping parents raise their, their relationship skills and understanding around those, those topics. January 28th, I'll be in Oregon City at the Family Focus Forum, put on by the Oregon City School District, um, presenting there on, on motivating my mo motivated teens. A lot of good information on that one day from other speakers, um, some keynotes, different things going on. Also, just wanted to, to 
for some of the, the adoptive parents, some of the foster parents, some of the grandparents of adoptive and foster um, kids, there is a conference coming up March 3 and 4 called the Refresh Conference at Overlake Christian Church in Redmond. This is the conference um, for encouraging you, refreshing you, giving you resources, spiritual, um, as well as, as some of the best science. Um, Dr. Um, Gray will be there as far as presenting some of the, the attachment issues. Um, it is an, a phenomenal phenomenal time this is going to be i don't know if my third or fourth time attending um i'll be presenting a couple breakout sessions during that also but it's just a neat time for foster and adoptive parents um you will love your time there and and look forward to, to seeing you there there's a small cost for for attending you can find out about all the different things that are going on through um our seminars and, and speaking at todaysfamilyexperience.com um, just click on the calendar information there and you'll you'll see it down the right hand side and so that really is it for today i really appreciate your time i appreciate your your thoughtfulness as you raise your kids um, your willingness to take time out of your busy schedule to to grow as a parent so thanks for that thanks to tina griffin now go connect with your kids we'd love to help at project patch <laughs>